Welcome to the third episode of the Solent Let podcast. I'm James Ford, Head of Enterprise and Skills. And in this episode, we're talking about the skills challenges that many businesses are facing at the moment and the support that's available to them. We'll be taking a look at apprenticeships, funding, and a range of schemes that businesses can access to help grow and upskill their workforce. Joining me to talk about this are two Jodies. Jodie Fair, who's the Apprenticeship and Skills Hub Manager for the Solent region, and Jodie Edmonds, who we're going to refer to today as Apprentice Jodie, who's currently doing an apprenticeship with Southampton City Council. So firstly, welcome Jodie Fair. Hi James, great to be here. I was thinking perhaps, you know, we could start a pop group, Triple J. <laughs> it's a great idea. And secondly, <laughs> Jodie Edmonds, as we're going to refer to today as Apprentice Jodie. Hi Jodie. Hi, it's great to be here. So thank you both for joining us. First of all, Jodie, what do we exactly mean by skill challenges? James, I think the challenge with the term skill challenges is it means something different to every person and every employer. But some of the things that we typically hear from all different size employers is around succession planning, ageing workforces, unable to get the skills that they really need, their talent pool, you know, all of those things which can have a real major impact on you know a business and how they can move forward and you know how efficient and how effective they can be which ultimately makes a difference to the bottom line. So you mentioned talent pool Jodie, um, from your experience is, is that one of the biggest challenges that you know and what does talent pool actually mean? I think certainly in some sectors you know getting people into the businesses is a huge issue and more recently you know certainly in the last three to four months we've almost had a bit of a perfect storm for businesses out there we've had brexit so we've had a large number of people returning to europe we've obviously had the pandemic um and then we've had perhaps a lesser number of young people coming to the market you know as as a parents ourselves you know if we're sitting there advising young people, you know, throughout the pandemic to go out there and look for a job, when in reality, when we were in the midst of lockdown, there wasn't a lot out there. A lot of young people have decided to stay on an FE, which, you know, is great because they're becoming more skilled or go on to university to get their degrees. But it does mean that there's less people searching for jobs. And obviously, you know, seasonal roles has had an impact on that so i hear from an awful lot of businesses that getting talent and especially the right talent into businesses a real challenge yeah i totally agree jody i think it's been really difficult for for a lot of businesses you know with with multiple layers of of challenges all coming at the same time um but from from conversations that you've been having you know have you seen particular industries or sectors that have been impacted or, or or affected worse than others yeah there's definitely been some sectors you know i think we've all seen on the news and in the press retail hospitality you know often the sectors that would have used um you know labor from europe often and it's for some reason there is the talent to get talent into these sectors you know sometimes young people don't see the career prospects there and you know, they've fallen out of fashion, if that's, you know, a good way to put it. So, you know, there's not a lot of young people sort of going, oh, I want a career in hospitality or I want a career in retail. And, you know, being in the Solent area, it's so important to our economy. And there's 
so many wonderful opportunities in these sectors that sometimes are really overlooked. But we've got a great careers hub within the Solent who are really, you know, investing time and energy about getting those messages back into schools, back into colleges, so that people really see the range, the full range of opportunity out there. So we'll perhaps delve a little bit uh, deeper into the range of solutions um, uh, a little bit later in the conversation. But what have you what have you seen? Is it is there some examples that perhaps you can share with us in terms of what some industries, what some businesses, what sectors are doing to address some of these skills gaps and challenges? I think at the moment we've got an amazing opportunity. We've got a lot of programs out there that just provide so many opportunities for employers and you know everything from traineeships to apprenticeships to the national skills fund to work experience and t-level work placements there are a lot of opportunities for employers to get involved and actually start really building their talent pool from what could be you know sort of 14 15 years old if you're looking at work experience right up to developing your current staff Thanks, Jodie. Um, just to bring Apprentice Jodie in at this point, because um, you've mentioned apprenticeships and uh, Apprentice Jodie is an apprentice at the at Southampton City Council. So Apprentice Jodie, you're partway through an apprenticeship at the moment. Can can you just give us a, a perspective or your perspective and tell us a little bit about what you do? Um, so um, I work for the uh, Southampton City Council and um, I do business admin. So my day to day, I do um, admin for the team. I also help organise events um, and at the moment I've just been doing uh, procurement with the project uh, manager so that's a bit for the finance side stuff so basically I'm there to help my team with day-to-day -day business admin. Excellent so it sounds like you're getting a really rounded experience and getting exposure to a lot of things. Um, why did you decide to take an apprenticeship? So I decided to take an apprenticeship because I wanted to get a qualification in business administration. Um, before I did my apprenticeship, I worked in retail and um, I was interested in doing business admin because it's uh, more techie and I'm more into that. Um, but I didn't have the qualification to go into a business administration job. And so because I have rent to pay, I was like, I need something that's going to pay me, but I'm also going to be able to learn at the same time because it's just not doable if you're older and you have responsibilities. So I decided to do an apprenticeship because I could have an income and get a qualification at the end. Um, and that seemed way better than potentially not working and studying and having to worry about how I'm gonna afford my rent. Excellent, sounds like a great opportunity, um, working, getting paid and studying all at the same time. Um, I imagine it's been very um, difficult experience for you over the sort of last 12 to 18 months probably having to work from home when traditionally an apprentice would be in the office so how has how has that made you feel how has that how has that experience been for you so i'll be honest at first working from home sounded like a dream compared to previous jobs that i had which was all um sector based in retail um i was like oh yes working from home is gonna be great but what I found with the apprenticeship is it's quite a big struggle struggle for a business administrator to work from home because quite a lot of the job is office based. And so a lot of the things that I would have been learning in the office, I wasn't learning at home. Like um, say like when we organise stuff for events, a lot of the things were in the office. So we have to do badges and stuff, for example. I couldn't do any of that at home. Had to do that 
in the office. So um, in September we were allowed to go back for one day a week and that really helped me because not only was I able to do the things that I couldn't do at home but I got to see the team face to face. Um, working from home it's hard to feel like you're part of the group because you haven't met them, you're just chatting online and uh, being able to go in on the one day a week was great because I, I started to feel more of like the group and that really helped me but I did struggle at the beginning um, with feeling part of the team because you are just sat at home <laughs> looking at a screen most days. I can totally relate to that apprentice Jody. so um, I think that's I think that's really helpful um, but if you were to suggest one key thing to a business looking to take on an apprentice or having recently taken on an apprentice what would be the kind of takeaway what would be the one thing that you think that that business owner or or manager should think about? I think they should think about how it's going to benefit not only them but also the person who's doing the apprenticeship. Um, I think there's this stigma that apprentices have to be young but apprentices can be anyone and I think that if they need someone to fill a spot then getting an apprenticeship in for your business is and like really beneficial because not only are you giving someone an opportunity to upskill but you're also getting someone in who would be loyal to you in the sense that by growing and learning with you you've helped them and they would continue to help you if that makes sense so it's not just a case of having someone in and they're going to go off it's a case of they can train with you and they're more likely to stay and help your business because you've given them a chance so why wouldn't they why wouldn't they stay yeah, thanks, Apprentice Jody. Giving people a chance is, is really important. And it's that untapped potential, I suppose, that it's trying to get business owners to think about. Um, so just going to bring Jody back in. Um, from a business perspective, Jody, you know, what's the benefits? Why should a business consider hiring um, an apprentice? So many reasons, James, so many reasons. I think, first and foremost, what Apprentice Jody was saying was is a really important point. Um, it isn't just young people, you know, we're not talking sort of 16, 17 year olds. I think a lot of people don't realise that an apprentice can be any age. So, you know, it's not just bringing young people into your business, it's bringing staff into your business. It's also something else that people seem to overlook is that you can also use apprenticeships for your current staff. You know, if you've got someone who's shown potential, if you've got someone that is ready to move up to the next step and is perhaps one of your managers of the future, it's a really, you know, a cheap way of, you know, investing in your staff, showing them, improving motivation, improving, as Jody said, their loyalty to you. But aside from all that, you know, there are stats by Warwick University that actually shows that apprentices often improve productivity, they improve motivation, you know, and it's those things that make a difference to the bottom line. But fundamentally, if you're looking at, you know, diversifying your workforce, looking at, you know, getting different people into your workforce, filling skills gaps, and, you know, we are in a place at the moment where recruitment isn't easy have a look at apprenticeships because it could be a different way of getting new exciting individuals into your business that will ultimately make your business more effective lots of information there and if i put myself in the um 
shoes of a small business owner that's that's never looked or or, or explored apprenticeships before. What are the practicalities? What what do they need to know, and how do they go about taking on an apprentice? Yeah, James. That you know, I think apprenticeships can seem a really scary thing. But ultimately, there are only a few things that you absolutely need to know. Number one is that an apprentice is an employee like anyone else. So they have a contract of employment, the same T's and C's, um, holiday, sickness benefit, whatever your normal contract looks like, an apprentice would be on one of those contracts. And a bet it might be fixed term. The other thing you need to know is the salary. There is an apprenticeship minimum wage. However, what I would say is, you know, you need to really look closely at what you're expecting that apprentice to do and pay them a fair wage for that role. Um, certainly within our team, we have an apprentice and their starting salary is around 18K. The other thing you need to consider is what does that job look like? What do you want? that apprentice to do what role do you need them to fill and when i'm going out and speaking to employers i always say right give me you know your five or six headlines what are your must do's and then that's really where the solent apprenticeship and skills hub can come in because what we'll do is we will support you in defining that role then finding the most appropriate apprenticeship standard which basically is the qualification that the apprentice will follow. And that's made up of knowledge, skills and behaviours and really gives you the detail of what they'll learn over the course of their apprenticeship. Then after we've decided on, you know, and defined what the right standard is, we'll then go about searching for the right provider. Now, I'm sure that, you know, there are a lot of employers out there that are really familiar with the providers in their area and what we'll do is just guide you to the providers that are able to deliver what you want and how you want it because it's not now or sort of you must go to college one day of week it's you know delivered in many different ways it can be delivered in the workplace it can be delivered a mixture of college-based and work-based there's so many options but the apprenticeship and skills hub can really help guide and support you through that to the point where you've got your apprenticeship and they're ready to start. So there's so much to think about um, from a business's perspective. I think the skills, having the skills hub, uh, school skills and uh, access apprenticeship hub available is is a real benefit. Um, is there any additional support, help, funding available for apprenticeships and, and how do businesses benefit from that? So yeah, James, there absolutely is. So, you know, the cost of an apprentice to the employer is essentially the salary for that apprentice. But there is also, you know, if you're a small business, a 5% charge for the cost of the apprenticeship training. There is funding available out there to cover the cost of that training through something called levy transfer. And that can mean that the cost of the training is totally free to the SME. There are also incentives available at the moment. Um, these are time-based, so they do chop and change, and they can range from anything from £1,000 up to £4,000. But as I said, that it, it, that is a time-based offer, and we don't know what that's going to look like past the sort of April time in 2022. So if you are interested, it now is the best time to access an apprentice because, you know, the funding that's available is some of the highest we've seen in the last sort of 10, 15 years. It sounds like it's a great time for, for businesses to, to get involved with apprenticeships. So before we move on from apprenticeships, I just want to bring Apprentice Jodie back in 
um, and just get a final perspective. Um, so, Apprentice Jody, what do you think you bring to a business that is different to any other employee as an apprentice? Um, I think I bring uh, a great attitude and a willingness to learn. And I don't mean that in the general sense um, as like a typical answer. I mean that as an apprentice, I, I have something to prove. I want to be able to show my employer that I'm willing to grow more than just a regular employee. I'm not just there to work. I'm there to learn and I'm there to prove myself. Um, in my jobs previously, um, I've always looked for a way to help my team. And I feel like I've definitely brought that to my job um with the South, uh, Southampton Council because I'm there to support them and it's something I love to do is help people. Um, and I think in terms of me and other apprenticeship, uh, apprentices, um, I think what we can bring in general is a different point of view to businesses. For example, there's businesses out there that don't necessarily have, that aren't necessarily tech savvy. And I think the younger generation can definitely bring that to new businesses. So I think there's, there's definitely room for apprentices to prove themselves in um, small businesses and things like that. Thanks apprentice Jodie. So going back to Jodie, um, apart from apprenticeships, which we've heard a, a lot about and heard from apprentice Jodie too, um, looking at solutions to skills challenges, what other options are there for businesses looking to grow? James, there are lots of options out there at the moment and it ranges from, you know, offering someone at school a work experience placement. Um, you're starting to build that relationship with individuals, you know, that could be your staff of the future. There are also something called T-level work placements. So T-levels are the technical equivalent to A-levels um, and as part of the T-level, they need to do up to 45 days work experience to achieve that qualification. So that's a qualification that's at level three, exactly the same as an A-level. And it really gives you the opportunity over the course of two years to build up that relationship. And you would hope that at the end of that, that there would be a real opportunity that that individual would come and work for you afterwards. So you know that they're building those higher level skills, which is really important to some sectors. Apprenticeships we've mentioned, um, but also something called the National Skills Fund as well, where there is fully funded level three opportunities in certain sectors, so that your current staff, those without a full level three, are able to access funding to get that. There's also something called skills support for the workforce as well. And that's an opportunity to get your staff involved in sort of almost some tasters. So some unitized training that could be around, you know, very many things at level sort of three and four um, that hopefully would just whet their appetite for learning again. You know, I certainly am at the age where it's been a while since I've done some learning. So this is a great way to get people on your staff back engaged with, you know, what it's like to learn, how it feels, what great benefits they personally can get out of it as well as you as a business. And again, we'd hope that that would really then progress on to some other learning, whether that be a full level three qualification or an apprenticeship. So there is so much out there, James, at the moment, so many opportunities for employers to really build that workforce for the future. What I would say is sometimes, you know, all of this can seem a little confusing and I totally understand that. But please do use the hub to 
talk to you about you know what where do you want to get to what do you want to do and what we can do is suggest the most relevant program for you or potentially you know two or three programs that will work for different members of staff within your organization so we hear a lot about upskilling and i think that's what you're sort of referring to there jody you know staff that are employed uh, within businesses um what, what why is that important and why do you think that's become even more so important you know uh, during the pandemic and, and sort of in, in response to Brexit? James, I think it's so important that employers are able to keep their good staff, their loyal staff. Um, and often this is really difficult to do without, you know, some investment in that staff and, you know, really giving them the opportunity to climb through a career structure. And what a lot of these skills programmes do is prepare people for the next step the next level so that they're really engaged in your business and you know apprentice jody mentioned something which really resonated with me it's you know if you invest in those people then they're so much more likely to be loyal to you as a business and we've already spoken about you know it's really hard to recruit at the moment and actually recruiting someone costs an awful lot of money. So isn't it better that you look within in your current members of staff and really make sure that you are developing them, you're investing in them to move them on to the next step. And then what you've got then at the entry level roles is some really good opportunities to introduce new talent, whether that be through apprenticeships, traineeships, T-levels, into those roles that perhaps you know your staff that have been there sort of three four five years have moved on from so you end up sort of developing this pipeline but also developing this career structure um and that provides a lot of motivation loyalty and really gets the best out of your people we know we've got an aging workforce across the solent and you know unfortunately there have been um, in you know, in response to the, the pandemic, we know people have been made redundant. You know, some have gone off to to start their own businesses, which is great. But do you think there's opportunities for businesses to make the most of that experience, um, even if it's in a different sector, different field? Yeah, absolutely, James. There is, you know, there's so many skills that can go from one sector to another. You know. And, Apprentice Jody, you know, I'll use another one of her experiences that she spoke about. She was in retail and, you know, we all know that if you're in retail, you've got to think on your feet. You've got to have great customer service skills. Now, if you look out of, you know, 50% of all jobs out there, we will absolutely ask for those skills. Might not be in a retail environment, might be in a business admin environment or a project management environment, you know, numerous sectors but they absolutely are transferable skills. And, you know, a lot of people go through the academic route. I'll give a real life example. Um, a few years ago, back now, I was interviewing someone from an IT position and a fully qualified pharmacist was sat in front of me. And I was like, what, what, what's made you change your mind? And he said, you know, I thought I wanted to be a pharmacist. I'm now qualified, I'm operating in the field earning a very very good salary he said but my wife's a teacher and i look at her and i watch her go to work every day and she's so passionate and she enjoys it so much that it really had made him think about what do i want to do with the rest of my life and he wanted to be in it that's what he was passionate about so he actually 
took the opportunity to, you know, continue working whilst looking for an IT training position that he could move into and, you know, be as passionate about his work as his wife was. It's such a great story, Jodie. I think the skills and careers landscape has changed, you know, certainly within the last 10 years. I myself have, have probably been in different jobs, in different sectors, doing different things, um, started as a professional footballer and now working in economic development. So it, it really can happen. Um, there is a there is a lot happening. There is a lot of support out there. There's a lot of organisations and sometimes probably quite confusing for businesses. So it'd be good to for, for people to understand, you know, how the LEP and the Skills Hub work together. You know, I, I know we've recently signed an MOU, a Memorandum of Understanding, um, and developing a strategic partnership about about how we can try and simplify the landscape, uh, bringing the teams together, be more holistic in our approach in in how we engage with businesses and how we, um, you know, one of the challenges that, that that we have collectively is how we interact and how we get in front of business owners to promote these opportunities. But if you just want to perhaps expand on that, Jody, from the Skills Access Hub perspective. Yeah, I, I mean, I echo everything you say. I think it's really important that, the Skills Access Hub um, and the Growth Hub and Solent Lep really work closely together. And the MOU is sort of, you know, establishing what is already taking place. I think certainly for my team, and I know your team in the Growth Hub, it's about when we speak to businesses that we, you know, ask all of the right questions so that, you know, businesses are happy with sharing their business information with us so we can then really accurately make sure that they're speaking to the right people. So, you know, if they're looking for, you know, help with financing or loans or peer-to-peer networking, that if they were speaking to one of my staff or one of the staff from the Growth Hub, that actually they get to the same place. So I think it's really about, you know, making sure that the two organisations are working together, which they are doing really well now, I think, after the MOU. Um, But also, more importantly, from a business's point of view, that there's a no wrong door approach that you can go to the Growth Hub, you can come to the Skills Access Hub, and actually, you'll get the same great service, you'll get the same great information, um, and the same ability to hold your hand through these processes that can sometimes seem a little bit confusing and a little bit scary for a business. Thanks Jodie and, and finally just to just to finish with it's a you know it's a very uncertain time for businesses at the moment with the pandemic ongoing um, adjustments post Brexit but with regards to skills challenges and businesses looking to grow what's your final piece of advice for them to, to take away from today? James, I think the final piece of advice is probably a summary of all that I've said is really know that there are lots of opportunities out there. I think sometimes skills programmes are often the world's best kept secrets. Um, So I would say know that there's a lot out there, a lot that can be done to help, to support, to guide, to ultimately lead you to a better position for your business please don't think we're scary please be absolutely happy to come and ask what you will perceive probably as stupid questions 
but there is no such thing as that and we are absolutely more than happy to help so my last bit of advice would be please reach out so thank you both for joining us for our latest episode of the solar let podcast in the next episode we'll be focusing on the green agenda and we'll be speaking to will adney from wessex green hub about how businesses can become more sustainable and regenerative If you'd like any further information about any of the topics we've been talking about today or to find out more about Solent Lep's Growth Hub, you can go to www.solentlep.org.uk. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel.